1 Samuel chapter 3, verse 1. We'll be reading uh, from there in just a moment. And we're going to continue this study that we began last week called Watch, Listen, Trust, and Obey. And I, I'm not going to give the whole intro again um, because most of you were, would have heard it already. But just in case you weren't, uh, weren't with us, I want you to, to at least have an idea of what we're, what we're up to here. Uh, as we began the year, I felt like the Lord gave me permission to begin to talk to you guys about something he's been dealing with me f about for about six months. I don't know about you, but I, uh, my life gets uh, pretty complicated and overwhelming pretty fast. And uh, so I'm often uh, just crying out to God and saying, Lord, how do, I, you know, how do I deal with this? How do I straighten this out? How do I get on top of this pile? And um, so the Lord's been great gracious to meet me in my times of prayer and kind of, uh, you know, speak to me and, and give me some direction. But one of the things that he has been saying to me over and over again, nearly every day, I will hear this and, uh, I, in my heart and I will meditate on it or think about it and I'll, and I'll pray about it. Now, listen, as I say that, I hope none of you will think that, you know, I'm one of those guys that kind of just you know, his eyes roll back in his head, and he's just, you know, so spiritually, he's no stinking good to anybody. I'm not like that, but I, I do, I am hearing from, from God about this, I know, and it's helping me. And uh, it has to do with these four words. Watch. Watch for what God is doing, and do that. You know, we talked all about that last week. Listen to what God is saying. Trust in what he's saying, and obey what he says. Watch, listen, trust, and obey. And so last week we talked about watch. Today we're going to talk about listen and what that means. And we're going to begin reading in 1 Samuel chapter 3, verse 1, where it says, Now the boy Samuel ministered to the Lord before Eli, and the word of the Lord was rare in those days. There was no widespread revelation. Before we go further, we're going to read on through verse 10, but let me just uh, set the stage a little bit here. Because some names have been mentioned, and I want you to know who they are. Samuel, at this point, is a young man. But for most of his life, he, from really uh, the age of a toddler, he has lived at the tabernacle, the house of worship, the place where God is uh, manifesting his, his presence among the people and where worship is conducted. And uh, Eli is the high priest, and he's the one that, under, under Eli's tutelage, Samuel has been being raised. Now, Samuel becomes uh, one, arguably one of the greatest prophets of the Old Testament. But at this point, he's just a young man serving in, in the house of God, apprenticing under the uh, leadership of Eli. And it says here that the word of the Lord was rare in those days, and there was no widespread revelation i got to tell you, from everything I, I read in the Bible, from cover to cover, it's clear there is a God who wants to speak to us. So I don't think this condition that's being described here is because God wasn't speaking. I think it's because we weren't listening, because people weren't listening. And I, and I, you know, I know myself well enough to know that that's, uh, that's not unheard of for me, to not be listening to what God has to say or not want to hear what I think he's saying, Right? But that's the case, that's the situation here. There's, it's been quite a while since people have been hearing from the Lord or at least listening to what he has to say. Verse 2, And it came to pass at that time, while Eli was lying down in his place, he's gone to bed, 
And when his eyes had begun to grow so dim that he could not see, that's a reference to the fact that he's an old man and he's not uh, seeing as clearly as he once did. And before the lamp of God went out in the tabernacle of the Lord where the ark of God was, and while Samuel was lying down, everything's shutting down for the night. Eli's gone to bed, Samuel's about to go to sleep, the lamp's about to go out. That the Lord called Samuel and he said, he answered, here I am. Then the Lord, excuse me, so he ran to Eli, verse 5 says, and said, here I am, for you called me. So Samuel hears him, himself being called. He gets up, he goes to Eli, says, here I am, for you called me. And he, Eli, answered, I didn't call my son, lie down again. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, nor was the word of the Lord yet revealed to him. And the Lord called Samuel again a third time. I missed one somewhere along here. This happens three times. Uh, and the Lord called Samuel again the third time. So he arose and went to Eli and said, Here I am. You did call me. Then Eli perceived that the Lord had called the boy. So you get this. There's three occasions where Samuel hears this, his name being called. He runs to Eli three times as a response. and says, Well, here I am. What are you calling me for? And Eli says, I didn't call you. Go back to bed. Happens three times. And then the third time, Eli gets, Well, wait a minute. Something else must be going on here. So verse 9, Then therefore Eli said to Samuel, Go lie down. And it shall be if he calls you that you must say, Speak, Lord, for your servant hears. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. Now the Lord came and stood and called at, at, as at other times, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel answered, Speak, for your servant hears. And Samuel goes on and hears from the Lord. And there's a story, the rest of the story we won't, we won't pursue right now. My whole reason for taking you to this passage is because I get a lot of comfort out of it. The greatest, arguably the greatest prophet of the Old Testament had to learn how to hear what God's voice sounds like. That should give you some comfort too. Because I'll bet you're like me, you need to hear from God. And we're going to talk some more about that today from time to time. You all know what it's like to be praying, God, please say something. And we often miss what he's saying because we don't know how to hear him. Samuel didn't yet know how to hear him. God was speaking, but Samuel didn't know how yet to interpret his voice. And he needed some help even. Eli had to step in and sort of help him. Today, I'm hoping to be able to be like Eli in a way. I want to give you some help about how to hear from God, how to hear his voice, how to listen to what he's saying. But first, we need to set the context for these, uh, the, the, our discussion this morning. And the first thing I want you to consider in terms of context is our need. You and I need to hear from God. Deuteronomy 8, 3 says, Man shall not live by bread alone, but man lives by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. That's how important the word of the Lord is to us. It's our life. Man doesn't live by bread alone. Man lives by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Jesus quoted that verse when he was tempted by the enemy, by the devil. That's how important the word of the... This is not ancillary to our lives. This is our life, hearing from the voice of God. Second uh, aspect of the context for, of this message is that his, 
is his love, the love of God. God loves us so much that he speaks to us. Can you imagine? God doesn't need to do that. But he speaks to us. And in Revelation uh, verse th- uh, chapter 3, verse 20, it says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. This is, this is the Lord speaking. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. That door has to do with the door to your life, your heart. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in to him and dine with him and he with me. And I know that if you've been around church any length of time, you've heard this verse used to talk about people who need to open their, the heart, their heart to the Lord Jesus and to his saving grace. And it's uh, absolutely appropriate in that case. But it was written, it's a, it was originally written to people of faith, to Christians, people who had already done that, already opened the door of their heart to the gospel, and they were already saved. This uh, it talks about the Lord's ongoing desire to speak to us. I'm always at the door knocking. If you hear my voice, we will have fellowship, the kind of fellowship that is described here. The love of Jesus that pursues us, wants us to hear him. If you read the Bible from, from cover to cover, you encounter a God who's trying to reveal himself to us, to show us himself, to speak to us, to communicate with us. And, that, and when we talk about the, the love of God that compels him to speak to us, there's two different ways that he talks to us. One is through his written word. You have in your hand there either a paper version or an electronic version of the word of God. He is speaking to us. And it's amazing to me how often I forget in those times of desperation when I need to hear from God, you know, there's a whole pile of the word of God right here that I tend to ignore. So there's that. 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17 says, All scripture is given by inspiration of God. Literally means God breathes. All scripture is God. And it's profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. But there's another way that God speaks to us, and that is through the voice of his spirit. In John chapter 16, verse 13 It says, however, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you things to come. The Holy Spirit has been sent by God. The third person of the Trinity, God the Spirit, is with us to speak to us, that we can hear from God, but it will, when the Holy Spirit speaks to us in that way, it will never contradict or be out of sync or out of harmony with the revealed written word of God, and that's our safety, because we all have heard people say, oh, God told me. I remember one time, don't take offense to this if you are uh, divorced, because that's not what this is about, but this woman uh, one time who had gone through a really messy uh, divorce Um, and was, you know, it's a long story, but just making a stupid mistake in jumping into another marriage. And I was trying my best to stop her from making what turned out to be just a horrific uh, decision. Her answer to me, and the reason that she wouldn't hear what I was trying to say was, oh, well, God told me I'm supposed to marry him. 
Well, what do you say to that? When, God, when somebody tells you, well, God told me, it's kind of the end of the story, right? <laughs> and so when, when people want to do what they want to do, they'll often say that, well, I heard the Lord say, I'm going to do it. And we misuse, we put God's name on stuff that he has nothing to do with. And it leads to a lot of trouble. But we have the word of God that will, uh, is our safety in that. And if, we, if, if, I'm, if I'm, think I'm hearing something in my spirit, by the spirit of God, if I think God is speaking something to my spirit and it's contradictory to this, I can just chalk it up to something I cooked up in my basement. You know, it's not, <laughs> it's not the word of God. It's not him. Now, the third aspect of the context of this message, so we have that, you know, God, we need to hear from God. God loves us so much that he wants to speak to us. But the third thing is relationship. We, we don't have a religion. You've heard this. This is kind of trite to say, but it it's, needs to be said. We're not here as, because of a religion. We're here because of a relationship, a relationship God wants to have with you, dear one. And every relationship, every relationship, Parent to child, child to parent, spouses to each other, the relationship you have with your employer, every relationship is based on communication. Communication isn't good, the relationship falls apart. You know this. We have been called to a relationship with God, and he means for that to be a relationship of two-way communication. Um, in uh, Exodus chapter 33, verse 11, the first part of that verse, it says, So the Lord spoke, spoke, the Lord spoke to Moses face to face as a man speaks to his friend. Now you can just say, well, that was just Moses. But, you know, as I said, just read this book. And you find that there's a God who want, is wanting to have a friend relationship, an intimate relationship with you. Yes, he's the God of all gods and the sovereign of the universe, but he wants a relationship with you, and that involves communication. So let's now talk about, having set the context, let's talk about the nuts and bolts of how this gets done, the communication. How do I hear from God? Uh, we, we all have had those times when we've desperately needed or wanted to hear from God and sometimes we are just so confused about how to go about that and I know that people get very discouraged sometimes thinking God never talks to me. He talks to that preacher, he talks to my friend, but God never talks to me. Can I just talk, tell you that there are sometimes when the reason you feel that way is because you're not listening for the right things. So let's, listen, let's learn how to listen like Samuel did. Let's learn how to listen for the voice of God. And I'm going to take you to 1 Kings chapter 19. 1 Kings chapter 19, verses 11 and 12. It says there, then he, that's God, then God said, and he's speaking to Elijah. And Elijah is in this kind of state that I'm describing where he's desperate to hear from God. He's just... God, please talk to me. And the Lord says, okay, go out and stand on the mountain before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by and a great strong wind tore into the mountains and broke the rocks in pieces before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after a wind, an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire... A still, small voice. 
So Elijah's there, desperate, desperate to hear from God. And the Lord says, okay, go out and stand on the mountain. I'll talk to you. So he's standing there, and there's this wind. So strong, it's tearing the rocks apart. And you can imagine if you're there, and you're desperate to hear from God, and this wind comes up, this mighty wind, and you're, you're, you must be certain that God's speaking to you. Oh, this must be it. The mighty God is speaking to me. But it says the Lord wasn't in the wind. Then there's an earthquake. <laughs> and you got to be thinking, okay, now, there's a stir. And it says the, the Lord wasn't in the earthquake. And then this fire roars through, and, and the Lord wasn't in the fire. It says, but then there was a still, small voice. Those are two extremely valuable clues as to what God's voice sounds like and we want to spend some time on that today. The first one is still. What does that mean? It means quiet. You might imagine that. Quiet. Now listen, we don't have a God who is speaking in a manner so as not to be heard. We don't, you, know, you know what it's like when, you're, when you say something kind of under your breath because you don't want the person to hear you. And they say, what was that? And you go, oh, nothing. You, you know what that's like. We don't have a God in heaven who's kind of... No, we don't have that God, right? He's not speaking so as not to be heard. But he will not compete for your attention. Listen, this is the sovereign of the universe. Sometimes we aren't hearing from God because we don't recognize that he will not compete. We are so used to every advertiser, every, every one of our kids, our spouses, trying to uh, get over the noise to get our attention. We're so used to that mode of communication, we miss God a lot of times because he won't play that game. What is it, dear one, that you need to mute in your life, what is it that you need to turn down that you could hear the quiet voice of God? And one of the things that um, we often neglect to do when we ask God to speak to us is silence all the noise. I know that if I go very long without making sure that at some point in my day it's just me and a few minutes of quiet before God, I pretty soon lose track of what God's up to in my life. I mean, it doesn't take long. I have to have that time where, and I get ready, where I turn my phone off. What is it that you need to mute so that you could hear the quiet voice of God? It says a still, small voice. The word small means compressed. When I used to be in the recording business, um, we would use a piece of equipment. In fact, there's one in the rack back there, sitting there by, uh, by Noel, called a compressor limiter. And what it does is it takes the wave of sound. You know, your, your sound, the sound that comes from your voice or from an instrument, it makes a wave. And uh, there's peaks and valleys to it. And... Um, if you, so if you, if you leave it in its natural state, let's say you're listening to uh, someone speak. You've all had this experience. You're listening to somebody speaking on the radio uh, in your car, and, uh, and uh, their, their voice trails off. And then it comes back up, you know? It's like that. But you know, a compressor limiter is a device that takes that 
sine wave and compresses it, narrows it down so it has less fluctuation. So where the quiet parts are, it lifts it up a little bit in terms of volume. Where the peaks are, it presses it down. The point is it makes it clearer. It cuts through the noise better. When, it, when the Bible says that God speaks to us in a small or compressed voice, it's saying, don't worry, I'm going to be clear. But there's also another part about that aspect of God's voice that's, uh, I think, even more important for us to get. When it says that his voice is compressed, it's, it's talking about uh, his voice. When he speaks to us, he speaks to us in packets. He speaks to us in packages. God doesn't speak to us like I'm talking to you right now, in a linear fashion, one word after another. God doesn't speak to us that way. God drops uh, into our hearts or minds a package of information that we then start to open up, and it expands. Let me see if I can illustrate it this way. Let's say uh, you, last week uh, we watched the Rose Bowl at our house with our family, Uh, and you can uh, put 100,000 people in the Rose Bowl. I guess it's actually 93,000, but close enough. 100,000 people in the Rose Bowl. And I'm sure every, every seat was sold last week. Now, let's say we had every person that showed up at the game, uh, and, and they came through the gate, and we gave them a little card with one word on it. My favorite fiction writer is a guy named John Grisham. His novels are about 100,000 words. And so let's say we gave everybody one word from one of John Grisham's novels. Let's pick my favorite, The Testament, all right? Walk in, they gave, they gave me the word the. They gave Virginia the word and. Everybody's got one word from, from uh, the, the Testament. And uh, you get to your seat in the, st- in the stadium. Out in the middle of the field, there's a microphone there. And they tell us, they instruct us, we're going to record... John Grisham's novel, The Testament, today. On the count of three, everybody's going to say, at the same time, your word. And we're going to record it. It would go like this, right? They'd say, one, two, three, and everybody would bark out their word that they have, and it would be recorded. And if you listened back, it would take that long, and you wouldn't be able to understand anything, right? Unless you had the technology to start to pull it out, to unravel that pile of information and then you'd have a 100,000 word novel, right? When God speaks to you and me, he speaks more like that. He'll drop something into your heart and you kind of go, and you ponder it, you think about it and you start to unwrap it. It's like somebody gave you a box and inside of that box, at Christmas time, my my, uh, granddaughter sitting right here at Christmas time, her mom gave her several boxes inside that had uh, balled up dollar bills in it so she'd open it up and she'd have to she'd have to pull them all out and and, you know straighten them out and unravel it it's like that when God speaks to us it's an unwrapping of something it's a it's a expansion of something when you listen to um or you know when you're listening to music on a on a digital device for instance that music is or or video Another example is highly compressed. The the packet of information that comes to you is highly compressed. And then your device has a thing called a a codec embedded in it that is a compression-decompression algorithm 
that takes that packet of information so that it can be small enough to be transmitted over the internet and then expands it out and then you watch the video or you listen to it. That's how God speaks to us. And if you know that, it's not so surprising the manner that he speaks to you. You'll be just driving along and, or mowing the lawn or taking care of your kids at home and something will hit you. And you're not quite sure exactly what all the ramifications of it are. Maybe it's a verse, maybe it's a picture, maybe it's a word or something. But as you start to ponder it, you start to unwrap it, you start, oh, 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 oh my. <laughs> right? That's how God talks to us. Now, the, there's another uh, important thing to take note of in, in terms of uh, another clue as to how God talks to us, and that's found in Isaiah chapter 30, verse 21, where it says, Your ears shall hear a word behind you saying, This is the way, walk in it, whenever you turn to the right hand or whenever you turn to the left. So when you get to those intersections in life and you don't know which way to go and you're saying, God, please show me, right or left, please show me, right or left, please, right or left, God is not going to come at you from the front. He's not going to come at you from the way that you expect. He's going to sneak up on you. It says there'll be a voice from behind you saying, this is important because we often uh, are trying to dictate. We're, we're looking for God to speak to us in a way that he doesn't. When you're on the floor pounding your fists on the carpet and demanding that God speak to you, I can almost guarantee you he won't. He's going to sneak up on you when you're not looking for it, and in a, way when you're, in a way that's different than you expect. And why is that? Is it because God is toying with us or because he's, you know, just, you know, uh, he just wants to make a mess of things? No, it's because he wants for you to know it's him. When I am desperate to hear from God, listen, I, am, I, I could believe almost anything. Any spirit that just happens to wander by and want to tell me something, I would, I'm very vulnerable in that moment. I would hear almost anything. But when, I, when God surprises me, when he speaks up or when he sneaks up on me, it's, it's like, well, I, I can't ignore that. I wasn't looking for that. I, I, I didn't expect that. That's how God speaks to us. Still, small voice, and he surprises us. These are things that will help us as we, like Samuel, are learning to hear what God's voice is like. And I forgot that last slide up there. Now, one more thing before I tell you a couple stories. The conditions. If you want to be a person who is hearing from God, and we've already established the fact that God is speaking, if you want to be the kind of person who hears from God, be a person who wants to hear from God. There are plenty of people who don't. Don't talk to me. I don't care what you have to say. I don't want to know. But if you are going to be a person, and I can tell you, if you don't want to hear from God, you won't. If you want to hear from God, then let that desire rise up within you. Lord, I want to be, I want to have a hearing heart like Samuel's. And then, secondly, predetermine to obey what he says. You know, we have a God in heaven who's not going to just keep repeating himself. I don't know. I'll, I'll just speak for myself. There's a lot of times God will say things to me and, I, and I'm like, 
Yeah, but I don't, I don't agree with that. I don't like that very much. The more I do that, the less I'm going to be hearing from God. What I want to be is I want to be the person who is predetermined, decided in advance, whatever you say, God, I'm going to do it. I'm going to respond to you however you speak to me. That kind of person is going to be hearing from the Lord. All right, everybody with me so far? All right, I'm going to give you a couple of stories. I'm going to get, let you get out of here. The first one has to do with this place right here. I, uh, I, I took this photo probably, I don't know, seven, eight years ago. But uh, I used to work here. And when I worked there, it was back in 1979. Yes, I'm that old. And, um, but when I worked there, that dumpster back there was, uh, there was, where that dumpster is, there was a pile of wooden pallets. And on top of that wooden, those wooden pallets, there was a shack. And that was my office. And I worked there helping to load trucks on that uh, loading dock that extends out from that wall over there on the right-hand side. The reason I had that job, this was in Oakland, down by the Oakland Coliseum. I lived in Dublin, and just getting there was a, a hard thing. I, I rode my bike to the bus stop. I took the bus to San Leandro Bart. I took the Bart to Coliseum Station, and I walked the rest of the way. And I, so you, I would get to work, and I'd show up there. <laughs> and I, I'd already be complaining to God pretty, pretty seriously about this. But I took the job. This is the only one I could get. Now, the reason I was there was because I had... Let me give you this little bit of the backstory before I go on. When I was nine years old and I was baptized in water, I felt like the Lord spoke to me. Now, as a nine-year-old kid, you know, I, I didn't have the wherewithal to be able to understand it very fully. But I, did, I, I knew enough. I felt like the Lord spoke to me that I was supposed to be, that he is designed for me was to be a pastor. I, I hold, held on to that when I got to high school. I told my guidance counselor, I said, I'm going to seminary after high school, so make sure that I, I get the courses I need that'll put me in good stead when I go to apply to seminary. That was my goal. When I got out of high school, I went to Bible college, and, uh, but I didn't finish. I dropped out. And I dropped out to travel in a singing group, and we traveled around the country and did concerts and all that kind of stuff. Um, after that was over, and that's another story, but after that was all over, I just assumed, I, and this is four years later, I just assumed, well, I'm so, so far off course now. I'm, I'm, I've taken such a long detour. There's, there's no way back. And I was just trying to find some other kind of employment. I moved here to the Bay Area from Southern California, and I took this job. One day, I'm sitting in the shack that was about where that dumpster was there. And I was on my, on my break, and I was reading my Bible. Just, I'm just doing my daily reading. You know, you know what this is like, where you, you don't even know what it says, but you want to clock it. You know, you know I, I, I did it, right? <laughs> so I'm just reading along, and uh, I... I like I said, I, I, I'm not sure, I, there's no way I would remember what I was actually reading, but what came into my mind was a verse from a completely different place in the Bible. And it was a verse I was very familiar with, a verse I had memorized. I'm reading along, but what comes into my mind is, study to show yourself approved unto God, a workman that needs not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. That's from Timothy, and I'm, 
And I, and I, I, I was so stunned. It was so, it was so out of sync, so out of place, you know, that I'm reading here, but then this other verse comes into my mind that I literally did this. I literally dropped my Bible on the floor. I was just so stunned. I, I, and I didn't know what to make of it. And here's why, because that verse had always been, through my growing up years, that verse had been the one I clinged to as God's direction for my life. Study to show yourself approved unto God, a workman that needs not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. And that, to me, meant what I would do as a pastor. I would rightly divide the word of truth. So, so I'm thinking, God, are you, are, you, are you saying what I'm thinking you're saying? Are you saying to me that I haven't gotten so far off course after all that maybe there's a way back that you want for me to conti- pick up where I left off? And I'm pondering this. I'm unpackaging this as I'm, you know, walking to Coliseum Station, taking the bus to San Leandro, taking, I mean, the, the BART San Leandro, taking the bus to Dublin, riding my bike home. I'm unpacking all this. I get to the house, and I, I go to the mailbox, and inside my mailbox is an invitation to be part of a distance learning program from the Bible College, the, the seminary that I had attended. Now, the thing is, we didn't have internet courses in those days, but we had course. This was the start of the correspondence, a way of doing college courses. Now the thing is, I had n- this is four. I've, I haven't been to that school in four years. I've had nothing to do with them in four years. Never communicated to them any sort of forwarding address or anything. I'm in a different part of the state now. I have no idea how they found me and how that thing ended up in my mailbox that day, but it did. And I said to him, I said, well, okay, you must, be, you must be saying something here to me, God. So I signed up, started taking those courses. And this job that I had here, we worked like crazy about three days a week, you know, long hours and just worked till we dropped. But it was dealing with fresh produce. And so it was dependent upon, you know, the, the ships coming in, uh, carrying the produce. And uh, so we would, we would, you know, go like crazy for a few days. And then there was usually one or two days a week where we uh, had to be there. And I'd just sit in that shack basically and do nothing except my correspondence courses. <laughs> and all my whining and complaining about that job, it actually turned out God knew what he was doing after all. And after two years when I finished uh, my, my Bible training, I was leaving there for the last Time. It was a Friday afternoon, and Sue came to pick me up in our one and only car. I didn't have to take the BART that day. <laughs> and we were pulling out of the parking lot, and the following Monday, I was going to start my first salaried staff pastor job, you know, at a church, big church here in the East Bay. And you won't believe me when I, when I put on the screen what I'm about to next, and you won't believe what I'm going to say about it. But I'm telling you the honest truth. Though I had worked at this place for two years at least, I had never noticed this before that day. But there's a street in Oakland that runs east and west, and it dead ends into that parking lot. That's where it ends. The street ends there. So right when you come out the gate, which is in the foreground of this picture, when you come out the gate, the street sign is there. It's at the foot of this street, so the street sign's there. Sue was in the driver's uh, seat, and we were leaving the parking lot. I pulled out, and I looked up just in time to see that street sign that I had never noticed in two years. And this is what it said. 
God, God speaks to us, and he speaks to us from his word. Sometimes easy to miss, though, right? Um, I've got a little more time. I've, I'm taking longer than I do this morning, but it's still, still not noon yet, so... <laughs> And it'll be all right if you want to stand up and leave. Nobody will, nobody will say anything. But I'm going to tell you one more story. Is that okay? Because I've told you about how God speak to us, speaks to us. I've given you an illustration of how he speaks to us through his word. But I want to give you an illustration about how he speaks to us by the voice of his spirit. So Sue and I, one day, we were visiting the church of our, our pastor. And uh, he, it's, it's a big church. And so we're in the service. There's several hundred people there. And... Um, and uh, we're sitting probably where Jackie and Alan are sitting there, about three rows back, and worship is going on. Now, before I got there that day, I, I prayed a dangerous prayer, and I, uh, I shouldn't have. But I, I said, Lord, if you want to say anything to me today, you want to use me in any way, I'm available. Mm-hmm. All right, so now I'm in the service, and, I'm, and worship is going on and stuff, and all of a sudden I'm feeling like, and that's how, I don't know how to describe it other than that. It's, it's like a feeling to me anyway, it, that the Lord was, it wasn't words in a linear fashion like we talked about. It was like something the Lord just dropped in my heart and I started to kind of open it up and I felt like the Lord was saying to me, I want you to say something. Now, he didn't say what he wanted me to say, but I want you to say something. So, and I'm, you know, I'm trying to worship, but I'm, I'm having this argument with God God, are you sure? I mean, I'm not, how, how would I do that? I'm, I'm just a visitor here. I, and what would I say? And, you know, I'm having this whole thing. Palms are sweaty. And uh, we reach what I call one of those pregnant moments where, you know, the song is over and we're not quite onto the next thing yet. And I, I know the Lord said, everybody sat down and I know this, the Lord said, now. <laughs> Okay. Uh, I'm not on the agenda, God. They're not expecting me to say anything. <laughs> I'm, you, and, you know, this is all going on in milliseconds, but I, I stood up. Can you I, picture yourself doing this? That's how I felt. So I stand up, and I still have no idea what I'm going to say. And the pastor, thank God, he knew me, but still he could kind of see, you know, this... <laughs> thing and um but he kind of nodded at me like that and and so I opened my mouth and I and I heard this I heard this come out of my mouth because I didn't know what I was going to say we heard my I heard this come out there's a woman here today who has decided this is the end of the road you're here to tell God you're through with him but the Lord says to you today that if you'll be patient a little longer. The thing you long for will be realized. And that was it. So I sat down, and this is how I sat down. And, and honest to God, from that moment on, I, the, I don't remember anything about the rest of the service because I spent the entire time plotting my exit. I was looking for where's the closest way out of here and what, what rows, what seats do I have to jump over and get out of here as fast as I could when this thing's over because I was certain 
Somebody was going to come after me and chew me out. So the service ends, and I'm up to go. I have this all planned. And, and the, a, a hand reaches out and gets my shirt like this. So I'm like this. <laughs> and I turn around, and there's a woman standing there. She had been sitting right behind me. And her eyes are, are I mean, there's tears everywhere, makeup all over the place. And she says to me, she says, you have no idea. I'm a Christian, and I have prayed for my non-believing husband till I am blue in the face. There's no response on his part. He doesn't want anything to do with God. And he, we, me and the kids came home last night, and he told us he never wants to see us again. He locked us out of the house. We spent the night in the car last night. I came here today to tell God, I'm done with you. And then you stood up. And you said what you said. God interrupted this whole service to talk to me. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wait and see what he does. That's the end of my part of the story. I went on and got out of there. But about a month later, I uh, called the pastor of that church, who is my pastor, and I, I said, you know, do you know this, this woman? I tried to describe her and the situation. And I said, you know, when I was there last, he said, yeah, I do know when you were there. <laughs> and I said, well, this woman said, you know, she told me this stuff. And he says, well, Randy, he said, you know, and this is about a month later. He said, you won't believe this. He said, but last week I baptized that guy. He's a believer today. See, God wants to speak to us. He does. He really does. Sometimes it's not quite as traumatic as that, but he does want to speak to us by his word and by his spirit. Let's be people who listen. This is recording number 11140 from the teaching ministry of Crossroads Foursquare Church in Fairfield, California. It was recorded on Sunday morning, January 11, 2015. This is the second message in a series titled, Watch, Listen, Trust, and Obey. This message by Randy Bolt is titled, Listen, 